Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 668, recorded live on January 16th, 2021. And here are your hosts, the man who's not 100% sure what he had for breakfast this morning, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who had his wake-up eggs again this morning, Andy Lowe. Hi. Wake up eggs. Yes, wake up eggs. What is wake up eggs? I think you've told me, but I forget. Yes. Three three eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, sharp cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, horseradish. Well, in fact, mm-hmm. this time it was uh, horseradish mustard, and then a little bit of the green Tabasco. And is the horseradish the and the Tabasco? I guess that makes it the wake up. Yes. Now, are these scrambled eggs? No, fried. Fried eggs. Interesting. Still a runny yolk. Uh, yes. How do you... I'm confused about the horseradish mustard with an egg with a runny yolk. Well, I put the mustard on... Normally, I put the horseradish on, you know, while they're cooking. Like, do you, like, just drizzle it on in, like, a zigzag pattern or something, or...? Kind of. I just kind of, uh, uh, with the fork, scoop some out of the jar normally and just kind of put it over the egg whites. Okay. When I, you know, put the cheese on there, too. I see. I see. But um, I'm trying to. I've got some horseradish mustard that I'm trying to use up. So I was like, you know what? Right. I'll put that on. Proposal: Next time, instead of frying the eggs, scramble them with the mustard. You see, every time I try and do scrambled eggs, they just don't. They Andy, don't. You, you can you can cook scrambled eggs, right? I've tried. Yeah, and I, I felt like it was more effort than what I got out of it. Okay. I mean fried eggs. I crack the egg open on the... <laughs> yeah, fried egg is pretty damn easy. You just kind of like poof and it's just let it cook. Yep. Now that was not the only fried eggs you've had recently. No, that's actually why I had the eggs. It's because the pan was still out on the stove and I'm like, you know what? I guess I can fry some eggs. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how uh, nonstick this is. <laughs> and how nonstick is your cast iron skillet? Uh, about three quarters. There was one spot that was really stuck. Mm. But the rest of it, you know, once I got the spatula under, yeah, once I got the pet spatula under there, you know, then they're just moving around no problem. Yeah. Yeah. So how was your burger with an egg on it? Well, I I I already put a lot of stuff on my my burgers normally. Yeah. Are hamburger. Yes. Cheese. Uh, No cheese this time. Oh, Andy, you are. Ah, okay. Go ahead. Nope. I'll I won't judge. Um, let's see. The hamburger was hamburger. Um, this honey sriracha thing that Heinz came out with. Okay. Uh, some spicy brown mustard. And I picked up these things from Costco a while ago that were pickle flavored fried cucumber chips. They're called crispy dillies in case you want to look them up. No, thank you. Things falling. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so you, you normally put that on. What did you put on last night when you made it with your fried egg? I, I put all that plus a fried egg on there. <laughs> okay. Was it tasty? It was good. I, I really I, like it. I think the the fried egg adds um, it, it adds a new texture that is not normally in a burger. Well, my problem was the fact that, you know, I, I get all this stacked up there. I get the egg on top and then I put yep. the bun on top and then I, you know, normally like you, you squeeze it. So everything stays together. Yeah. You crush the yolk. I, I, I squeeze it all. So I just see yolk coming out. I'm just like, Oh man. Yeah. But like, that's fine. Cause that's what it's supposed to be. The yolk is supposed to run over the whole thing. I know, and then like then I'm you know I'm sopping it up with the burger as I'm taking bites, so it yeah. works, which is amazing, isn't it? Get this like extra creamy kind of flavor with it. I I highly recommend. I've done this a couple times now at the insistence of some Australian friends. Uh, getting some pineapple, like some uh, pineapple slices and some um, beetroot, canned beetroot. Honest to God, it works. I don't know how. I don't know why, but the you and especially if you like uh, saute the the pineapple a little bit, like fry up the pineapple a bit, you get it nice and thin slice. And it's just like you get the sweet from the pineapple, you get the like earthy umami from the beetroot, you get the egg 
You got the burger. You get some cheese on there. A little bit of ketchup. Mm, it's delicious. So you're like one step adjacent from a Hawaiian pizza. I mean, I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with a Hawaiian pizza. Neither do I. I order. <laughs> this, this is, this is. There, so there's a little Caesars right next to work, right? Yep. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep my head above water, and it's like, you know what? I got the little Caesar app on my phone. Little Caesars has as one of their default pizzas a Hawaiian pizza. Yep. Oh, I'd love a Hawaiian pizza right now. Actually, the pizza I miss the most, like the pizza that I would I would love to have again. Are you ready for this? Hit me. A Domino's Philly cheesesteak pizza. Hmm. When I worked at Zap Zone and we were able to get large pizzas for six bucks, including <laughs> specialty pizzas. I would, on a, like, eight-hour shift, get in in the morning, I'd open up the shop, and I'd place the first party order, and along with the party's order, I would order two large Philly cheesesteak pizzas. And that would be my breakfast and my lunch and some of my dinner. That, that would be nice. Yeah. It is a terrible pizza, but, man, I miss it. I'll have to try that. We we do order Domino's all the time, so Domino's Philly cheesesteak pizza. I'll uh, I'll keep that in uh, in mind. In mind, yep. Okay, okay. So but yeah, no, I I broke out the uh, Isaac Bonded hamburgers, and we had the frozen yeah. hamburgers, but I didn't want to, yeah. you know, grill when it's you know snowing. Yeah, yep. So I so you out. broke out your cast iron skillet. Yep, and put it on your glass stove. Yes, and somebody told me I could do that. And did it break your stove? No, it didn't break the stove. Okay. Are we more confident now about putting cast iron on a glass stove? Yes, yes we are. Okay. I I accept the you're right that is hidden in there. <laughs> Thank you, Andy, for making my night. Ooh. Anyway, should we move on to like other things? Sure. Or sit here and reminisce about cooking burgers on the stove. Mm. I do, want to say I do need a, a like grease shield. Yes. My entire cooktop is just like a thin layer of grease right now. I could probably just fry an egg on the stove. <laughs> well, I, I, I literally, after those burgers, and I'm sitting here just like with the paper towel mopping up everything around it going, I need, I need a splatter shield. I need a splatter shield. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just... Uh, I believe we just ordered one from Amazon. Nice. You'll have to let me know which one. I will. I will. I think you know. I have the same cast iron skillet that you do. What the twelve inch lodge? Yep. Yep. So I I got some, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay. Let me know how it turns out. I'll probably review it at some point in the future. <laughs> of all the things to review, a grease splatter guard. Sure thing, Andy. Yeah, sure yes, thing. That's fine. Today I was thinking of reviewing the LaCroix watermelon because, <laughs> damn, they're nasty. <laughs> I just bought a 12-pack. That's, that's not looking good. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's why I um, remember Costco had a like a variety pack. Yeah? And it had tangerine. And I'm like, I like the tangerine flavor. But it had the other two flavors. And I'm like, I don't want to spend the money on, you know... 24 cans of LaCroix that taste like crap. <laughs> Just so I can, you know, get my 12 cans of... T- so I went in. <clears throat> uh, we went to Myers and I hunted down, like, the 20 ounces. Yeah. And I tried both of them and I'm like, nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope, can't do yeah. it. LaCroix lemon is fine, but I was hoping the watermelon would be better than it is. Yeah, lemon's fine. Lime is okay. Tangerine's good. I feel like the lime should be used as a mixer for something. Somebody's probably already done it. Yep. Let's see. LaCroix lime mixer. Oh, LaCroix lime cocktail. 20, Epicurious has 21 LaCroix cocktails. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Let's see. Lime LaCroix, gym, gin limeade and lime LaCroix. Tequila lime juice, triple second lime, mezcal hot sauce lime croy, and a chili salt rim. Pass. Yep. Okay. 
Well, Andy, should we move on to topics? Hold on. Uh, there, people say LaCroix Lime and Gin. Lime and Gin. Yep. I guess it's like along the lines of a gin and tonic, yes. except without the tonic water. Instead, you have Lime LaCroix. Yes. Okay. I could, I could see that. You could probably also do it with vodka instead of gin. True. Unless your vodka is horseradish vodka. Why do you have horseradish vodka? I Curiosity, would, man. Would, how often do you make Bloody Marys, Andy? <laughs> Never. That is the one use of a horseradish vodka I could see. Dave, 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 what did I put on my eggs this morning? No, I understand that you like horseradish. I'm not knocking that. But vodka? Like, seriously, that that would go in a Bloody Mary, and I'm having trouble thinking of any other cocktail that you would want to use that in. I, I, I guess unless you're just drinking it straight. Yeah, it's, it's Andy, not- are you taking shots of horseradish vodka? I'm putting it on the stones. So it's, you know, it's okay. cold. when it, It's nice when it's cold, when it's... Right, right. Yeah. But, like, that's still just straight. Yeah. Oh, God, Andy, why? You make me so sad for your taste buds sometimes. <laughs> I ha- I have weird taste buds, I can tell you that. I mean, for goodness I sakes. I guess so. Coconut, to me, tastes like soap. So there's something there's something amiss in there. So Oh, supposedly Grand Travis Distillery has a Chipotle-flavored vodka. Why? Because you like a, a spicy... <laughs> Spicy vodka. Mm-hmm. You like a spicy vodka. Okay. Sure thing. Sure thing, Andy. Did you have a good week at work? Uh, I was trying to think. What did I do at work this week? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Let's see. I had a, I had a new guy start on Monday. Oh, yeah. I had to drive down to Coldwater to watch, basically to open the door to let the tree service guy come in and take a look. Because we have we have a tree resting on one of our guy wires, which which is normally a bad thing. Yeah, I, I was about to say that that doesn't sound like a a very good place for a tree. No, so I had to go down a cold water at one point this week just to basically open the gate, stand around while the guy you know went around to all the the other guy wires, and um, then he's like, "Okay, here's my estimate." I'm like, "Okay, thank you," and he left, and I drove back up to Kalamazoo. Uh, and then I drove up to Holland to check out their towers because you're actually supposed to do quarterly tower inspections. Make sure you know that all the lights work and your remote control works and there's not, not you know, trees sitting on your guy wires. <laughs> yeah. So that was... Oh, and then, yeah, we start, we're starting up a new uh, streaming server for one of our stations. Oh, Nice. And Does that take a lot to get that set up? Well, normally no. I mean, the, the, all Uh-oh. the box is doing is just normally taking audio, encoding it into an AAC stream and an MP3 stream. Yeah. And then sending it over to the other guys. But the um, I took one of the, our old boxes that used to, you know, used to be fine. Set it up there on the new stuff there. We get the, the call in. The guy starts looking at the box and he's like, I can't install the software on this box. And I'm sitting there in my head going, um, you guys already did. What, what do you Uh-oh. mean you can't, what do you mean you can't install? He's like, well, this is a Windows 7 box. We need at least Windows 8. Uh-oh. And um, I, I see it's only a 32-bit operating system. We normally recommend minimum 4 gigabytes of RAM for our streaming servers, which, if you know, 32-bit operating systems can't get to 4 gigs. Oops. So I'm like, wait a second. So you're telling me I need a Windows 8 64-bit box with at least four gigs of RAM for you to take this one audio stream and re-encode it? <laughs> that seems a little extreme. Even better is the fact that they recommend eight gigs of RAM. How how much audio can you hold in eight gigs of RAM? I I don't even know. Because like I'm of- pretty sure it's a lot. Like, part of me wants to go now to the rest of our streaming server boxes and just kind of open up the, you know, Windows, you know, task manager. Just look at how much is being used by yes. the streaming service? Yeah, just look at how much is actually being used and be like, really, you guys want 8 gigs? Mm-hmm. I laugh if it's like capping out on all of your boxes. 
<laughs> it really does take If eight that gigs. software is capping out 8 gigs of RAM, I want to know if they're like what mining bitcoin in the background or something. Right. Although that's not usually RAM, that's just processor. Oh. Right? RAM is is the short-term memory. Yes. So, yeah, bitcoin mining doesn't need a lot of RAM because you don't need a lot of short-term memory, you just need a lot of processing. Yeah, yeah raw processing power. Okay, gotcha. But like Eight gigs can hold a lot of uncompressed audio. Mm-hmm. A lot more than you would need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be very curious how much uh, how much RAM is being used by the encoding software on your other boxes. Yeah, me too. And then if it actually is capping it out, I want to know if that company is hiring because I think I could improve their software. It sounds like they have a memory leak. So yeah, so the guy was supposed to, uh, I got, I found a Windows 10 box because we had a new Windows 10 sales box that was, you know, an i5 with 16 gigs of RAM. Oh, so you got plenty of space on it now. Yeah, but it was originally set up as a sales desktop computer, so I had to drive out there, you know, find a replacement for them. Yeah. And then, you know, come in and strip everything off of it and, you know, set it up so Windows doesn't automatically update and all the other fun tweaks Windows 10 that we have to do now. And then I found out our uh, current USB, we've, we've got these boxes that are uh, balanced XLRs to USB, inputs and outputs. Pretty robust boxes. Turns out they don't work in Windows 10. Oops. Yeah. So then I looked at their, uh, I looked at their list of recommended sound cards, and it's down to three cards now. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Luckily, one of them was the audio over IP sound cards. And I'm like, yes, I will take one of those. Okay, then. But yeah, no, the guy was supposed to show up at 11 and um, didn't show up until 3. Four hours late? Mm-hmm. Cool. And, you know, I'm sitting there supposed to be, like, the on-site contact for them. Right. So, I, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't want to get... leave and come back. Yeah, I didn't want to get too deep into things, and I didn't want to, like, you know, leave the building. Yep. So yeah, I, I got a lot of reading done on Friday. Did you get a chance to watch WandaVision? I watched the first episode, and I'm partway through the second episode. Okay, cool. Um, for anyone listening, if you haven't seen WandaVision, we're probably going to talk about it in this and in future episodes. So consider yourself spoiler warned. How long did it take you to notice that the aspect ratio changed? I noticed that as soon as it went gray. Yeah, me too. Like, as the Marvel logo changed and they, they shrunk the bars, I'm like, ah, they turned it into an old, like, sitcom. Yay! Yeah. Old 4x3 with a laugh track. Yep. <laughs> I don't enjoy laugh tracks. But, like, yeah. It was really touchy. It was a nice homage to, like, 50s sitcoms. I I got a lot of, like, Pleasantville vibes off of it. Do you remember Pleasantville? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you agree? That certainly for, like, the first episode? I won't talk about the second episode. I'll only talk about the first. Not, not really. No? No. I got, like, a cross between Pleasantville and Truman Show. Uh, Part of me was, well, part of me was almost just stuck looking at the, um, you know, trying to compare it to I Love Lucy and the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. Well, it, that that episode was very heavily influenced by the Dick Van Dyke show. Right. That and Leave It to Beaver. But those those shows were the the setting and the plot of the episode. Mm-hmm. When I say I'm getting like strong Pleasantville slash Truman Show vibes, I mean about like the show, the story that that show happened in. Because at the end of the episode, it is a show in a bigger universe. Yes. And we know it's taking place in the MCU. So, like, something effed up is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, hardcore. Did you notice the color? Oh, the toaster? Yeah. Yeah. That was a subtle one. Uh, yeah. I, it, I caught it right away. Laura yeah. didn't. And I had to rewind it and go, like, the toaster has color. Like, why is it red? Why is there color? Well, it was hilarious when I was watching it, and all of a sudden, like, the screen cuts to black, and I'm like, wait, we're going to commercial? But, yep. <laughs> but wait, this is Disney Plus. There are no, co- oh, here we go. <laughs> and then it's like, but oh, there is a commercial. There's a commercial. 
for a toaster. A Stark Industries toaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. I'm excited for it, and I'm very sad that it's coming out one episode a week. Ah! I thought we'd moved past this as a society. Anyway, that's not on our topic list, but I thought it would be nice to talk about and bring up that, like, this exists. Yep. I'm, I'm very curious, because, you know, part of me, like I said, part of me is the TV history buff. Yeah. Like, you know, I can, I can see, you know, there, there's going to be comic references in there, but part of me was, like, just watching the credits at the first, at the end of the first, um, um, at the end of the, at the, yeah, the credits. The, the fake sitcom. There the were fake, three. The, the fake sitcom credits. Okay, the fake credits. Okay, what about? Well, I'm trying to, like, wondering what those, you know, what's up with the names? Uh, at least one of those names is a name of a superhero's identity. Okay. Here's a, a discussion that Laura and I were having. Um, when Mr. Hart begins to choke, mm-hmm. did Wanda cause that? I don't know. Laura thinks Laura thinks it was a unconscious action by Wanda, that it was a, a an automatic defense, which really just brings up more questions. Holy crap! What a way to start a series, giving you like tons of exposition, but you are still absolutely lost. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess put your trust in Feige, the Grand Overlord overseeing Marvel. Well, part of me was also love the fact that I found this out that um, they actually, the producers actually contacted Dick Van Dyke. Really? To basically have him, have them do a sitcom school with him. I think that's what they called it. That seems like a lot of effort for one episode. Because, like, I get the feeling that each episode is going to take us forward like a decade. Well, the start of the second episode, I, I've, I've seen the start of it. Definitely had yeah. this had the had it had bewitched intro like that right. was yeah it, it it had moved so episode one was Dick Van Dyke yep but episode two is absolutely bewitched mm-hmm. are we going to get a dedicated I Love Lucy episode I don't know maybe when they go color I mean in the previews it looked like there was one that was like married with children I was so thinking that's what, the early that one 90s. looked. That one, it well, it looked more like Roseanne. Roseanne would be the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. So fifties was Dick Van Dyke. Was Bewitched in the sixties? Uh, when was Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie? They were on it about the same time, weren't they? Yeah, I think they were sixty-four. There we go. I Dream of Jeannie was the second half of the sixties. Yes. Bewitched eight seasons from 64 to 72. Okay, so they were on the same time. Yep. Wow, if you search for Bewitched right now, the top stories are all about WandaVision. (laughs) Wow, cool. Yep. Think about the special effects as, because all of those, the effects, or most of the effects in the first episode were practical effects. Yes, because that's what they had to do back in the day. Right, so they... Think about that, though. Like, those special effects guys probably had to go and interview a bunch of old special effects guys. Say, like, hey, we want to make things, like, float around the room. How do you do that? Well, it's kind of funny. There was, um, when Peter Jackson did Kong, King Kong, uh-huh. he actually had his visual effects guys go back and watch the original Kong. And I think it was... On some commentary or something like that, where the fact that these, like, you know, Peter Jackson-level visual effects guys could break down some of what the guys did back in the day, but other stuff, they're looking at that going, I... We can't figure that out. We can't... I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's good, but I, I I don't know how they did it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for what's coming. You know what else I'm excited for? I'm excited for Lucasfilm Games. Which one? The or just studio. in general, Lucasfilm's games. The fact out. that, so there was a Lucasfilm games. It was not called Lucasfilm games. It was called LucasArts. I know. I've played Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. I played, well, you know, X-Wing. I played a, X-Wing. TIE no, Fighter. I no, I didn't play X-Wing. I played TIE Fighter. And then I also played, oh, 
What was the name of that game? The Dig. Oh, yeah, no, Dig and Full Throttle. I played that. Day of the Tentacle. Day of the Tentacle. Of course, you know, all the Monkey Island games. <laughs> yep. Uh, I've got... Those Grim were LucasArts? Yeah, those were LucasArts, weren't they? Yes, Jesus. they were. Yeah. So Disney, when they bought all of Star Wars, they bought, like, George Lucas's entire empire, which include Lucas Films. Uh, it included ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, which, again, I maintain was the key reason Disney bought all of this. Everything else that they've gotten from it was just bonus. Disney bought Star Wars so that they could buy ILM. Um, but they they eventually terminated LucasArts. God, look at that pedigree. Tim Schafer, Ron Gilbert. Those were some good game makers in the height of their ability. Um, anyway, they're, they're, they've reorganized and they've restarted um, Lucasfilm Games. Although it will remain solely a licensor for Lucasfilm properties. <laughs> Star Wars Droid Works, there it is. Droid Works? Yes. I don't remember that at all. Basically. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is a sign of things to come. That they, they start pulling their stuff back from EA and giving it more attention and TLC and that we'll we'll see some good stuff come out of this. This was actually developed by Lucas Learning. The that, Droid Works thing? Yeah. Okay, do I need to look this up? Think of it kind of like Spore, but droids. Okay. Where you you know, you know have all the different combinations of droid parts. You can put them all together and do things. Yeah. And you got levels that, you know, sometimes you'll, you know, you need a droid that's magnetic. Sometimes you need a droid that's not magnetic. I see. I mean, yeah. I don't, but I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it does look like Lucasfilm is going to start partnering with Ubisoft, though. Yes, that was that was there was two things on there. It was well, the first thing was that um, they're teaming up with Bethesda to make a new Indiana Jones game. Okay. And then the other part of it was the fact that they were teaming up with Ubisoft to create a new open world Star Wars game. An open world Star Wars game. Yes. Uh, looks like Ubisoft is only going to be publishing that. It will be developed by Massive Entertainment, which is part of Ubisoft, but it is more of a, a more specific studio. Which, um, this will be the first time a non-mobile, non-Lego Star Wars game is made outside of EA. About damn time. Which EA would definitely like you to know that... Yeah. They're still working on Star Wars stuff. Yeah, we will continue working with them, and our relationship has never been stronger. Right. Sure. While we may not have a lot of details to share at the moment, we've got a number of projects underway with the talented teams at EA. <clears throat> right. Talented teams. Sure. Because there's that team That's that right. makes the loot boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that team that makes the uh, level grinding if you don't have the loot boxes. Hey, you know, I gotta say, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order, and it's actually pretty good. Okay. I am curious, though, about those, because if we can get Star Wars, Mandalorian has shown, well, granted, <laughs> Mandalorian showed that you can you can take a step away from the Skywalker saga and be okay. You know, you say that, and a lot of other people say that. I, I will point out that their last diversion from the Skywalker saga, the Solo movie, did not go so well. That's true. Okay, so Rogue One was good. <laughs> Rogue One had good things in it. Okay, yes. There, so, there were very good things in Rogue One. There were a few things that were like... Mm. Solo, I sat through. Took me two <laughs> sittings yeah. to, to get through it. And Mandalorian. Um, I heard good things. You still haven't watched it. Dude, it, I haven't even gotten through 62 minutes of WandaVision. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. Mandalorian's on what? Second season? Yeah, they're done with second season. They're done with second season, hour-long episodes? Uh, they aren't all hour-long. In fact, most of them aren't an hour long. What Some of them are, are like 30, 40 minutes. Okay. Man, it must be weird to be able to break from that norm of yeah. the hour-long drama. Oh, yeah, that, that they 
actually can't, they can just say like, you know what? This story needs to be this many minutes. Let's see, Mandalorian season one run times? Why aren't the run times listed on Wikipedia? The runtime is between 32 and 54 minutes. Mandalorian episodes range from 29 to 38 minutes. You have to go through each individual episode to find out. That feels like some bullshit. But yes, Mandalorian is is quite successful. This, you know, I'm I'm glad they're expanding. Yeah, I just I I worry a little bit. First off, there was uh, this is another thing I probably should have added to the links for the episode. There's a a small internal divide in the Star Wars people in Disney. Because you've heard about The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've heard the spoiler for season two. Mm-hmm. Have Thanks, you heard Internet. About- yeah, well, Andy, you know what? This was one where, like, too bad. <laughs> you could probably have avoided the spoiler for a day or two. But you you read nerd blogs, and this was the biggest nerd thing to happen in 20 years. Well, Well, Google knows I'm a fan of Star Wars. And then yep. therefore, you know, the internet was all talking about Star Wars. So then Google's like, yeah. hey. By the you, way. <laughs> you might be interested in this. And I don't want to tell Google, no, I'm not interested in Star Wars. It's just, no, Google, I don't, I'm not interested. <laughs> in I'm not that interested spoiler. About that spoiler. Yep. But Google's uh, not but smart enough heard, for that. What have you heard, Andy, about the High Republic? Not much. So the High Republic was a, I mean, is a massive multimedia new development that launched like the week-ish of the Mandalorian finale and totally got buried. I believe the expression is the Mandalorian sucked the air out of the room. Because uh, High Republic, it's like there's books, there's going to be games, there's comics, there's a new show, and like people have lost sight of all of it. And the people who are running the High Republic, like, media blitz are pissed at Jon Favreau and Dave Filioni because they didn't tell them about the finale. And so they couldn't prepare for that. They didn't realize how big it was going to be. That's funny and sad. Yeah. And, like, you'd, you'd think that... You know, it would make it would make sense. Be like, okay, Mandalorian's done. Let's keep you know riding the high. Let's announce this new right. thing. Right, but you you'd think they would be working together on that, especially with Favreau on the team. Yeah, or you know, He's somebody. Got the, well, Favreau has the MCU experience. He knows what it's like to work in that larger group. Yeah, and someone screwed up. Okay, let's keep going through some topics. We got some stuff to talk about in here. All right. What else do you want? Um, well, do you want to talk about your favorite topic, the auction? Oh, yeah. No, uh, the C-Band auction. We updated you uh, last week. This week, we're basically done with the first stage. Yay. All the, yeah, all the licenses have been basically sold for a total of $80.92 billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is uh, spectrum for use in five G. Yes. Okay. Well, cool. So the next That's a lot step, of money. yeah, the next step is now that the um, bidders have won, you know, yep. the blocks and all the different areas. The winning bidders are now going to be able to bid on which specific frequency assignments that they so would like. Why does why does that matter? Well, like. Um, are certain frequencies better? Yes. And also, you know, if Verizon won in Chicago and Indianapolis and Western Michigan, those are all really close together with each other. So it would make sense to try and get all of those either on the same frequency or in the same frequency range. Right. But the frequencies are, are different based on the areas. So, like, if Verizon won all three of those, now they have to try and, like, get the right frequency in all of them? Yes. They don't just get blanket, like, you get this frequency in all areas. Well, they won the block. 
Like they're 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 the main uh, winner of a block of okay, frequencies. but it feels like there should be like an algorithmic way to do this where it's a lot easier than trying to rebid for which frequencies within the block. I but I, can't. I suppose it's a it's a way that the FCC can try and make money. Yep. And just in case you're wondering, T-Mobile borrowed three billion, uh-huh. and AT and T was looking at borrowing fourteen billion dollars in order to fund Spectrum purchases. The same AT&T that is trying desperately to offload DirecTV to anybody. <laughs> so yeah, so that we're on the, we're on the stage on there and then uh the prime blocks which were the more expensive ones um should be cleared of the satellite broadcaster so this is all satellite broadcaster frequencies uh mm-hmm. by the end of this year. So Hopefully, we should actually start seeing some of this 5G mid-level stuff start to roll out, hopefully, pretty quickly. Nice. The the B and the C blocks, I do believe, are 2023. So by the end of, say, 2024, it should be pretty solid? Yes. Yeah, whoever gets the A blocks is going to have like a two-year head start. Except they're going to focus that in the big cities. Yes. Because why would you not? You want to talk about the biggest bang for your buck? Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, other bidding news: Take Two has yeah. officially withdrawn their bid for Codemasters. Okay. So EA is now um, the only one. Yeah. So EA is going to buy Codemasters. Yes, for one point two billion. Damn, that's a lot of money. The games industry throws money around almost as much as the telecom industry. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Uh, looks like we got a space topic. Insight. Yes. That's the, the Mars rover, right? Lander. Or no, lander, not rover, because a rover yeah. has to move. Yes. Insight was a lander that just bloop, plopped down. Yes. Remember the, the mole that it was going to have, or it was gonna, actually going to drill down three meters to measure the temperature? Um, I'm going to pretend that I didn't say yes. Okay. Insight was going to try and measure Mars' subterranean surface temperature, but okay. they couldn't fit a three-meter drill onto the lander. So they had a mole that was kind of kind of try and basically act like an inchworm, I guess. <laughs> okay. And it was and, gonna, it was gonna like, like dig down a little bit and push dig down a little bit, and, and then more. like basically brace itself, and then drill down farther, and then move the back end forward, brace itself, dig down farther. Okay, so kind of like an inchworm or an earthworm sort of thing. Right, didn't work, did it? No, it did not. Okay, the soil did not allow enough friction for any of it to work. It got maybe. Oh, that's. That's disappointing. Yeah, they, they've tried, they tried you know, scooping soil on top of it. They tried pressing down with the <laughs> scoop to try and make it dig farther. It just, <laughs> I, just, I just imagine the lander getting those instructions and like, you know, it's, it's a computer, right? It doesn't have thoughts, but just getting the instructions and going like, you want me to what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. All right, that's not working. What else you guys got? Oh, that's, guys, that's the best you got? Nothing happened. <laughs> I'm pushing. I swear, I'm pushing down. Nothing's going on. Three centimeters is like an inch. Yeah. Just over an inch, right? Yes. I mean, I feel like they could have just put a shovel on the thing and gotten deeper. They wanted it to go three meters? They wanted it to go three meters down. That is a very deep hole. Yes. Ten feet down. So, yeah, NASA has officially said, yeah, we're going to stop trying. Okay. That's too bad. I know. What were but they hoping to find with with doing a temperature reading? Basically understand what's in the Martian core and how much energy is still left. In, is, you know, is Mars completely dead? They don't think right. so. Right. Because the, the, they think, like, the core is either solid or it stopped spinning. Like, we don't know, right? Yeah. No, nobody has put any hardware deeper than 20 centimeters so far. But we also know that, like, are there Mars quakes? Like, there's no tectonic activity on Mars. 
there have been Mars quakes, yes. Okay. Because they they had a they actually had a seismometer on Insight, and that's working fine. Good. <clears throat> so you know that part of it's working fine, but they wanted to actually dig down deep enough to actually you know measure ground temperature, but they just nope. Okay. Oh, this is not a topic, but I actually just uh, this just happened. Um, yes. Uh, they were going to finally test the uh, space launch oh. system rockets today. Yes, the SLS. And about 50 seconds into what was supposed to be an eight-minute test firing, oh, no. there was a major component failure on engine number four. No. Oh, no. And what? NASA no administrator why? is quoted as saying, we don't know what we don't know. It's not everything we hoped it would be. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Especially when you've got friggin' Elon Musk over here testing SN9. <laughs> Who did a hot fire of, what, three? Three, three fires? Three Raptor engines. No, no, it, they did three static fire tests in a row. Oh, God. Just boom, turn it on, let it go. Okay, let it off. Refuel, turn it on. Yeah. Jesus. So Starship did three static fires. No problem. SLS tried to do one. Did did not work. Yeah. Although it looks like SN9 is having issues. They they're going to replace two of the engines on it. Yeah, cuz it was they were supposed to launch this weekend, but uh it's not going to happen because of the uh, engine swaps. Yeah. Dang it. Launch already. Um <laughs> did you see that SN15, which is already in production. That's the crazy part, right? Like, SN9 is on the pad. SN10, I think, is, like, ready to go. No, no, there's, um... There's, I... Or, no, SN10 is good. I think it's 11 and 12, or 13 and 14, that they're kind of just skipping over. Yep. 15 is hopscotching forward. Yes. Yeah, man, the amount of people who live in Boca who are just sitting there taking photos for everybody. <laughs> oh, man. There's there's a guy who literally just, his Patreon is him flying over. Yep. There's, there's a YouTube channel that is just a continuous stream of the launch pad. It's, man. Yep. Those Raptor engines are huge. And I love that they're basically just towing the thing around on a pickup truck. <laughs> what? When they swapped out the engines, I think they had it on a flatbed truck, but for a while it looked like they were just literally like taking the engine, you know, <laughs> off the pad with a pickup truck. Yeah. I mean, probably not. They're they are very big engines. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they're a little nervous about SN9 just because the like having it tip over in the hangar. Yeah, I could see that. And like how it I'd, I'd be so worried that something inside got knocked loose, which I think is probably why they, you know, try to do three fires. Yep. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So SN10 is fully stacked in high bay two. SN11 is in the mid bay and SN15. The tank section is in the mid bay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 13 and 14 are just according to the serial numbers, just bits. Mm -hmm. 15, 16, and 17 are getting built, and then there's also BN1. I Yeah, I was just about to ask about that. What is BN1? BN is the first stage. That's right, because all the things that we've seen so far are just the upper stage. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're we're starting construction on the, I guess, the first stage, right? The, the yes. bottom stage. The super heavy booster number one. Which they're probably going to have to test on its own, too, because it's supposed to. The booster is supposed to be able to, you know, come back and this land on This is the thing they want to catch, right? Yes. They want the tower to catch it as it comes down. Yes. <laughs> Just, what? Just, What? 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 Somebody online joked is that Elon doesn't have any ideas of what, you know, how they're going to do it. So they just, <laughs> he just threw it out to the internet and let everybody just kind of go, well, I wonder if he did this. I wonder if he did this. You could this. do it like this. You know, I bet you could build this thing like this. 
And he's just got to go through that and take the best one. Yeah. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, Toyota got fined $180 million. That's a bit of cash. For 10 years of non-compliance with EPA regulations. Damn it, Toyota. I own two Toyota cars. What did they do? Um, basically did not report defects or recalls affecting the vehicle emissions equipment. For a decade, Toyota failed to report mandatory information about potential defects in their cars to the EPA, keeping the agency in the dark and evading oversight. Yeah. Beginning in 2005, Toyota delayed filing somewhere in the region of 78 emissions defect information reports. Damn it, Toyota. Mm-hmm. After all these things about Volkswagen. Yep. That said, 180, to- just given the other numbers that we've thrown around today... 180 million seems like a minor slap on the wrist at best. Well, it has this. This is the largest fine ever issued for violating this requirement of the Clean Air Act. Yeah. Yeah. But still like, yeah. Gotta love that free market. (sighs) Sure. Free market is what turned the frigging Cuyahoga River red. Mm -hmm. Had it catch on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess speaking of emissions... We can move over to this topic about the U.S. grid. Yes. According to the uh, U.S. Energy Information Agency, they are expecting that 80% of the new capacity coming online for the U.S. grid next year will be emissions-free. So 80% will be things other than coal and natural gas. Yes. Because really, those are the only things that are emissions, right? Yes, basically. And I don't think there's actually any really new coal plants coming on. I think all the new stuff coming on is... Wait, but what happened to we're going to bring coal back? We were never going to bring coal back. No, that's stupid. I mean, natural gas is so much cheaper and easier. Yeah. It's not, it's not great for the environment, but it's... It's better than coal? Mm-hmm. That's not saying much, but it is nope. better than coal. Yeah. I wonder how much of yeah. the solar is residential i don't know because like i'm putting a couple watts on my house what was that how much was that going to be let me see if i can find that it was something like 15 panels Mm. um solar 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 your solar project yeah i'd love to do solar at the house here but having a um having a massive oak tree that covers the entire south side of the house. Yeah, you'd need to get rid of that and don't. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That would be a bad idea. Yes. Let us proceed. Where did I have... Yeah, so zero coal... Uh, natural yep. gas was 60% three years ago, 34% two years ago, and this year will be less than 20%. Sweet. Mainly because the fact that uh, a well-sited wind farm could actually produce pri- uh, power at a price lower than fueling a natural gas plant. Yeah. Uh, looks like I'm going to cap out at about 700 kilowatt hour. No, come on. Here we go. System size is going to be four, almost five kilowatts, which is not a lot in the grand scheme when we're talking about, you know, what is a solar is expected to be 15.4 gigawatts for the entire United States. But I am one house. Yeah. And I will be adding in five kilowatts to the grid. Okay. Hmm. 2019, the average U.S. residential utility customer was 10,649 kilowatt hours, averaging about 877 kilowatt hours per month. So 877 divided by 30, let's say 30 kilowatt hours a day. So let's see, 30 kilowatt hours a day. 24 hours. So there's 720 kilowatt hours on average for a house. Yeah. 
for how long? The year? Well, 720 kilowatts a day. Okay. Because that's different than 720 kilowatt hours, right? Unless they're they're consuming 720 kilowatt hours per day. That's that's what, yes. Okay, which is a really weird unit. It makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Well, I... Hang on. Let me pull up a calculator. Because this system's production is estimated at 6,534 kilowatt hours per year, which comes out to 18 per day. So something doesn't seem right. Two-thirds. No. Two-thirds of your power? 720 per day. Uh, Average household electricity consumption kilowatt hours per day is 28.9 kilowatt hours. Okay. So I'm at about 20. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not going off grid. No. Right? Like, I will clearly, especially in the winter, uh, I will be needing energy from the grid. Mm Mm-hmm. But you could also, with your battery pack, do time of day purchasing. Which uh, is a- I don't need to. Are you, do, are you already doing it? No, here in Wisconsin, um, the at least with the energy company I have, energy costs the same thing all day. Oh. It doesn't change in price. And so because of that, when you hook up a uh, a solar system to the grid here, they just pay for it. Anything that you don't use goes to the grid. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. In fact, it was recommended to me to not get a battery because there's just not much point. Yeah, no, I could see that. Uh, We use net metering. So when I overproduce, it's actually just ticking my meter down. But yes, if you live in an area where you have a different price for like daytime versus nighttime, then a battery pack is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey. Notably, these values don't include residential solar, which is expected to add another three to four gigawatts of capacity. What do you know? It's in the article. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to guess that we're running on time. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to guess that Andy needs to get to sleep. <laughs> so would you like to do your review, sir? Uh, Sure. Hmm. My review. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I accidentally clicked the wrong button there. Started at my VPN. Don't need that Okay. Right now. Nope. Not really. Nope. Um, I, last year, well, yeah, Coca-Cola started up this, what they call the Coca-Cola Insiders Club. And uh, it basically was, um, basically is the Coca-Cola version of a wine club. Okay. So it's one of those things where, you know, you pay your monthly fee, you get a box, um, and in the box are three Coke beverages, including some that um, are not out yet, as well as some uh, Coke-branded swag and, um, you know, monthly arrival. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the box, you know, they had... uh, uh, all 1,000 memberships sold out in just three hours. So the thing came out really fast. And they, they came out with, you know, some decent stuff. Like they had uh, Coca-Cola branded pens and stickers and a whole bunch of stuff. Like the boxes even came with, um, the first box even had an Amazon gift card in it. Okay. Um, Seems like it's trying to bribe people, but sure. Well, uh, Coca-Cola uh, stopped it partway through the year last year due to COVID. And they basically just said, okay, you know what, too much hassle, we're just going to cancel it out, you know, we'll we'll start it back up later. Well, they started it up again this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got notified, like, hey, do you want to join this thing? And I said, you know, I'm I'm a fan of Coke. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's your vice. It's, it's right? one what of them, yes. What are you addicted yes. to? Coke. <laughs> yep. I believe that was on this show. Yes. So I'm like, you know what? I'll let me let me try this thing out. Yeah. So the first box arrives. Um, turns out that they have a plan that one of the three beverages now is going to be some sort of non-sugar based beverage, which you know uh, some of the other times was like Smart Water and some of the other things there. This one was Powerade Zero Sugar. 
Which, yeah, no, I can't, I can't stand the taste of sucralose. (laughs) Yep. I just can't. Yep. So that one didn't work. Uh, The second one was Duncan's Iced Coffee Girl Scout Cookie Flavored. Girl Scout Cookie of Choice, the Coconut Caramel. You are allergic to coconut. Yes, coconut tastes like soap. It's in my fridge because part of me just wants to see, you know. Andy, just pour it down the drain. (laughs) Seriously, don't. Why? Why torture yourself with that? Just pour it down the drain. And then, yeah, the uh, the third beverage was just a can in a retro can style that's going to be coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. And then the swag was a fanny pack and uh, a deck of cards, but the cards are in the shape of Coca-Cola bottles, so they're the same like length as a playing card, but they're only like maybe a third the width of a playing card because it's in the shape of a Coca-Cola bottle. Mm -hmm. So I'm already very disappointed with this. Yeah. That doesn't sound very good for you. No. It's like, really, that's that's the swag you're giving me? You're giving me a fanny pack? Mm Mm-mm. Nope. So I am, I'm, you know, I'm kind of stuck until my, you know monthly membership runs out which i think it's the i think this one starts out just at three three months i think i just signed up for the basic three months and yeah i don't think i'm (laughs) the the next two months are gonna have to be stellar for me to even think about (laughs) coming back yeah because nope just mm -mm. like struck out on on the first one yeah you (laughs) You know, we're starting up the program again. You know, everybody loved the program the last time. This time, it's like, and nope. Part of me, though, is very curious, because supposedly they said that the Coca-Cola with coffee, which is supposed to be coming out this year, is supposed to show up in one of these boxes. That's what I'm really curious about. But yeah, no, it's... (laughs) You can add yourself to the wait list, but right now, I I wouldn't even do that. It's just... Well, I, I did... I put myself on the wait list, but I once that comes through, I may just say, you know what? No, that's that's fine. Yep. It's a neat Unless idea. It's a neat idea. It was executed great last time. This time, they basically just took that good... What was it? Bethesda did the thing where the... No, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, CD Projekt Red. Yeah, CD Projekt Red. They took that, that good... The goodwill. The goodwill of the people and just... Yep. Yeah, the Coca-Cola Insiders Club. Mm-mm. Nope, don't do it. Just don't. So that is my random review. Okay. We have a random topic. Yes, we do have a random topic. As I type in that, random topic is, what advice did your parents give you about dating? I don't remember. I mean, they must have. They must have talked to me a little bit. I think... I, I do remember my mom saying, use a condom unless you want to have someone get pregnant. <laughs> that's that's that, good advice. That was, that was about it. It was use a condom unless you want to have a kid or get a disease. Thanks. I don't think my parents actually did say anything to me. Granted, I was the, the fourth child. <laughs> right. I mean, for goodness sakes, I didn't even have a baby book. So, um, I, I don't think they said anything to me about me, so... I, I'm gonna go with a hard. They, what did you say? What did they say? Nothing. Yeah. I, I don't have anything. That's that's the best that I got. All right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I got very much other than what I said. So yeah. Is that everything? Yeah. I do believe that's everything. So uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>